Welcome back to the Dad and Rock podcast. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Hey, we're here again, and uh, the throwdown went live last week. Um, it was pretty fun, wasn't it? People turned out. Yeah, we had a lot of people turn out. I don't know if I expected this many, so it's, uh, I am happy. I mean, I'm looking at you guys ahead of me at it on an everyday look and see if uh, what's changed, who's voted, how many votes were out there, you know, in the works. Yeah, you guys really showed up. A few of you guys left comments for us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, this wouldn't be nowhere near as fun if you guys didn't, you know, turn out and vote like you did. So, awesome. And so we have to get some results out there and uh, see what round two is going to look like here. But, yeah, uh, let's do it. Let's just dive into this here. So, uh, so our first one here, our number one, Home Alone versus the Polar Express. I mean, Home Alone pretty much just destroyed it. <laughs> I mean, 85 to 15. I mean, it wasn't even close. Yeah, Kevin uh, Kevin McAllister took uh, that whole train to task. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was no hot chocolate or fun on this train. Uh, I mean, I knew when I picked the Polar Express, it was, it was a it was a long shot. It's becoming you know, a family favorite of ours, but I know if I was picking one of the two in one evening, I was probably going to go to Home Alone anyway. But, man, I'm telling you, it, it was a pick that kind of took me by surprise because I really wasn't thinking about it. But I think it was a strong pick, even though it, you know, lost out big time to Home Alone. I feel like it's it's a modern classic, and it could have been a dark horse, but uh, yeah, it just didn't that, work out that way. That's exactly how I was looking at. It. I was looking at it kind of one of those, you know, you know, if I'm kind of relating this to you know fantasy football, my you know tenth round pick, you know, wide receiver that's that goes right. big for me. Uh, I mean, we had. I mean, if we break it down, really, I mean, there was 34 votes, uh, 24 for Home Alone, oh, 29. I'm sorry, and only five for the Polar Express. So, this one was a landslide right out the gate, pretty much. Yeah, Home Alone did well. Speaking of which, I actually uh, showed both Home Alone and its sequel to my daughter for the first time this week. <laughs> oh man, at that yeah. age, what what you think? Oh, she loved it. I, I was afraid that she wouldn't be able to hang for the you know the whole front. Uh, you know, three quarters of the movie. I knew she would enjoy all the uh, the antics of the bad guys. You know, getting into the traps and getting smacked with things, right? Like kids tend to like. But she actually did. She found it interesting. She liked Kevin as a character, and um, also she held, held her attention during the beginning too. It did, yeah, through the whole thing. And then when I let her know that there was actually you know another one with the the where Kevin goes against the bad guys again, she couldn't wait to watch it. So we watched. We had like a double feature. So did you guys <laughs> order her a cheese pizza? Uh, not yet, but it's, that's typically what we order her anyway. So, uh, oh, okay, make sure you get her own. You don't have to, you know, yeah. worry about giving it back to her. <laughs> you filthy animal! <laughs> oh, that is awesome. I know uh, my son Zach. He he loves watching him too. Uh, he's a little well. He's a boy, so his attention span's already like a flipping squirrel. Yeah. So getting him through the first half of you know those movies is a little more of a chore. I mean, he's getting older and he sits to him more, so he enjoys it a little more. Uh, but you know, just like you were saying about your daughter, as soon as you hit that point where you I mean they're stepping on nails and falling off balconies and catching them on fire, uh, it's very dangerous for a little kid to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I knew she loved it when I was uh, driving home from work uh, one day this week, and my wife texted me she's watching Home Alone again. Typically, her move is to turn on you know the Ryan videos or YouTube or whatever, and instead she wanted to watch Home Alone. So I was like, all right. <laughs> oh, that's an awesome turn of events right there. Yeah. So your number one just plowed through my number four. Uh, then we had my number one, which 
and no surprise did here. the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation went over and won, uh, beat Miracle on 34th Street. And this was actually our biggest win of all of them right now. It was uh, 89% over 11, so 24 votes to 3 out of 27 votes. Uh, I'm not shocked at this at all. It had to go up against something. I'm no. actually a little shocked that you put it up against Miracle on 34th Street and didn't try to pull a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I really wasn't thinking. It was definitely a long shot. We had mentioned that last week, and uh, Chris Chris Kringle just couldn't cut it. Nope, he's still locked up. I mean, and no one <laughs> believes in Santa. <laughs> and Cousin Eddie is not springing him. Yep, yeah, no, he's not. He, he didn't wrap him up in a bow and bring him home. <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I mean, we kind of called this from the beginning. They, they were the number one pick, right? So I, it's pretty. It's not a secret that Christmas Vacation is pretty loved by a ton of people in our generation anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll just see how uh, they fare the rest of this uh, competition. Yeah, I mean, they both held up. And they both should held up. I mean, really, if they were worthy of those number one picks, they shouldn't have had any trouble with those number four, number four picks. And in reality, you're looking at number seven and number eight. So, I mean, if you're that far down in the top ten type movies of the holidays, uh, you should get your, you know, your butt spanked by them. <laughs> Don't throw me down, Clark. Oh, man. Well, I mean, then we dive into our, th- our three and the first two matchups here. Yeah, this, uh, this is where is, it really got interesting. Yeah, this is where this is where it was fun because they will we'll hit mine. Uh, yours, actually, first. I say mine because it's my favorite movie probably of the holidays, <laughs> but you picked it. I let it slide a little too far. Uh, but the Christmas story beat out Elf. Yeah. I'm shocked. I honestly, this one here surprises me. Uh, it does me too, honestly, because I think a Christmas story, you know, it's one we've all grown up with. But every time I talk about a Christmas story to folks, besides you, of course, they typically give me the kind of a groan like, oh, yeah, Christmas story. It just, you know, it's around every year. But people seem to talk more excitedly about Elf, like they're, you know, reciting lines and that just like, oh, I love Elf. They seem to talk about it a little bit uh, more endearingly, I suppose. But, uh, yeah. But it was it was very close. I mean, we're looking at 59% to 41, so 17 votes to 12 out of 29 votes. Yeah. So it was one of those ones I was specifically looking for each day. I mean, I went on there and looked just to see. Because, I mean, we're looking, what's that, five votes difference? So right. it could have been a few votes, you know, you know, swing votes here or there that could have made this even closer that we would have had to say, you know what, we have to extend this or something to go ahead and get a, a clear victor yeah unfortunately we have to say bye buddy yeah then we have uh your no i'm saying this now this is my number three the santa claus and then your scrooged and the santa claus won this one too so both of our number threes upset the number twos and this once again was another really close one i mean we're looking at 57 percent to the 43 percent so 21 votes to 16 out of 37 votes uh, but this one to the Santa Claus. Now, I mean, I kind of let the cat out of the bag last week and said I've never seen Scrooge. Considering that how well it's done in this competition, will you check it out this year? Uh, I think i got to find time to watch it. Because, I mean, there's enough of a fan base, uh, of our fan base, I should say, uh, that has seen it and prefers it over Tim Allen and, you know, the Santa Claus, which it's probably age-based. I don't know, like, when, if you're little younger than us and watching you know, listening to us santa claus i can see if you're our age or a little older i can see scrooge uh being your kind of go-to but uh i mean you're kind of an old soul <laughs> yeah this was uh, the this one was the one to watch for me because it actually i think a christmas story and elf a christmas story uh, kind of had the lead pretty much the entire time over elf 
Um, but the Santa Claus and Scrooge, they, they went back and forth a couple times as far as who took the lead um, until I think there was a final push in the last few days where uh, Santa Claus really kind of took hold. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, It's not like Santa Claus, but uh, my wife went ahead and uh, clearly started a smear campaign against Scrooge. Oh, uh, bye humbug. <laughs> she's a big Santa Claus fan, and she knew her family was too, so she's posting it and sharing it on her page, uh, which awesome. More people seen it. More people know about us. But, I mean, it, it pretty much said, uh, it put more chains on Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, say, uh, we'll say goodbye to uh, Bill Murray for now. I'm sure we'll be talking about him a little bit later this episode. But um, that was a lot of fun, round one, um, for our Christmas movie throwdown. Uh, once again, you guys really came out and, and, and had the votes going. So uh, what's round two going to look like? So round two is going to look like number one, Home Alone versus The Christmas Story, which based on the turnout for The Christmas Story, that's going to be a little more, a little tighter than uh, I would expect. Now, I still expect Home Alone to win this, but I don't think it's going to be a going away 85% type win. It may be, no, I'm going to call, I'm going to say it's in the 60s, 60s, 40s type, type win. Uh, which still really isn't close, but it's a lot closer than uh, you know Polar Express got. Yeah, Ralphie versus Kevin. We'll see who uh, <laughs> Ralphie armed with his BB gun and, and Kevin armed with an entire house full of traps. Yeah, a swinging crowbar. <laughs> uh, then we have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation versus Santa Claus. But uh, I think this one's going to be close, too. And now this may be closer to, yeah, 55-45 is right about where this one may wind up happening. And it's just yeah. because I know my wife is going to get out there and she's going to spread the word. Get it to her sister, and her sister's going to spread the word. It's, it's their fair, favorite holiday movie. So this is actually a throwdown in my family. <laughs> yeah. My I'm, favorite movie versus my wife's favorite movie. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just glad I'm not going against the Santa Claus this week. Yeah, so I mean, and what this does, though, is it, and it, we didn't even plan this. This guarantees the way that the brackets played out, your movie versus my movie and the championship. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, too. Yeah, so we're going to have, you know, either our number ones. I'd see, if Home Alone wins, I can't win with the Santa Claus. <laughs> right. I, there's no way I can beat Home Alone with the Santa Claus. It would be fun to see Home Alone versus National Lampoon. Yeah. that that That's kind of the, the dream match right there. Uh, I would be flabbergasted like, if we seen The Christmas Story versus Santa Claus. Yeah, I don't know, man. I underestimated the uh, a Christmas Story's appeal uh, this last round. So actually, I, I'm a, I'd be a little less surprised um, now, considering last week's results of uh, a Christmas Story actually coming out on top and and eventually going up against Christmas Vacation next week. I can see. I think it's a possibility. Yes, so that was the Christmas movie throwdown round one. Looking forward to round two. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, This was a crazy week. Not only did we have the throwdown going, but uh, there were a ton of movie trailers that came out for movies coming out in the next few months. Um, I was kind of surprised by how many trailers came out within a, a, I don't know, like a four or five day span. (laughs) Yeah, it's just ever coming out fast and and furious, and and none of them being the movie Fast and Furious. (laughs) But, I mean, it was just one after another, and you just kind of kept looking, and it was just... Another one's coming out, or you're getting notification that one's coming out, and say in a day or two, it was a, uh, it was kind of fun when you know, kind of following which ones were coming out, what the theater, you know, what the, the trailer was, and, and just kind of watching it. I mean, we got quite a few here. I mean, which one do you kind of want to start with? 
Well, this particular group and, and what came out this week, it's actually the, the only series out of the bunch. The rest are movies, but uh, we talked about this show a little bit on, on our podcast before. But uh, Season 2 of the Amazon Prime show The Boys released a trailer. Um, and um, I don't know about you, but I could I, you know, I couldn't really follow too many plot details. It was kind of quick cuts, fast edits. Uh, you get some uh, some shots of some uh, some action scenes. Uh, I think there's a pretty prominent shot of Homelander with uh, looks like blood all over his face, which is not really a big surprise considering his character. That's about normal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think about this trailer? Uh, as much as I love the first one, this one just has, has me even more pumped. I mean, you were like, like you were saying though, it was kind of Fast and Furious. Yeah. And I have I've watched it a few times. So, I mean, there was one character in, in the actual first season that we really didn't get any of. And it was uh, Black Noir. And you can actually see in this, you know, this snippet of pieces of this season they're putting together. Uh, he's going to be a... Fr- it looks like he's going to be a front character in this season. Because they're losing so many. Then you have The Deep. I mean, you show he's kind of going through his own struggles. And he's such a dirtbag. You, you can't feel bad <laughs> for him. You, you can't feel bad for any of these characters, really. I mean... It's hard to feel bad for any, even good guys, bad guys, you know, the works. But uh, you can see he's going through things, and it's uh, it's interesting. Then they kind of show a clip of a guy that I guess is taking control of the, the company. Yeah. So they kind of give you that, okay, this is going to be the new person, and see how uh, he actually handles Homelander in uh, the crew. So I do know that uh, Black Noir, you're right, he didn't have uh, too much to do in the show the first season, but I know the, the comic book expands on his character uh, a lot, so we have that to look forward to. Um, but yeah, you're right, I, I think there's a, a, a lot more interesting plot details to come. It's an ongoing you know, comic book series, or at least it was, so there's plenty of story left to tell. And uh, it's kind of amazing that this show, you're right, it doesn't have too many likable characters, everybody's kind of a dirtbag. But, um, you know, I couldn't keep myself from watching one, one episode to the next. <laughs> yeah, this was one of those ones I started watching and even warned me on this. Uh, once you start watching, you're, you're going to look to go back as soon as you can, yeah. if not watching a second one back to back. Some of them are heavy, though. Some of them are like, okay, I, I can't watch nothing right now. i got to right. give us a little bit of time to breathe. That plane scene, man, it was a gut punch. Oh, yeah, that sucked. Yeah. That one there, then, you know, the characters and the, the take them and the no and the... Oh, then it crashed. And then him being a complete ass and then flipping it in the whole political kind of way that he did when they were on the beach. Yeah. Once again, guys, if, if you haven't seen uh, season one of The Boys, I mean, the full season streaming now on Amazon Prime, it's definitely one you want to wait for the kids to go to bed before you turn it on. Um, but other than that, definitely check it out. It's uh, worth your time. But this is one of those ones I think Amazon is, uh, with them following the model of Netflix, is completely... Uh, I think missing the mark. Uh, they should have this released weekly. Because since it dropped all at once, we were talking about it when it dropped. And then everyone, it, it's forgotten about it. It's out of sight, out of mind until this new trailer came out. Yeah. So, I mean, just the, the ability, maybe if they didn't even want to release it, you know, once a week. If they did it once every few days, it gives it the opportunity for that slow burn. So, it's you know, in the forefront of everyone's mind. Like, I mean, right now, like The Mandalorian is. Right. Everyone is like looking forward to Friday. Everyone wants to watch it uh, as soon as they can because you know if you don't watch it soon, early, you can't go on Facebook because you're ruin, you're chancing ruining it. So it's it's just that appointment TV that I think 
that needs to be brought back for people to remember what's what. Yeah, so that's The Boys Season 2, Amazon Prime, uh, coming soon. Coming... Yeah, just summer of 2020. That's all I really gave us. Next up, we've got the new Daniel Craig James Bond movie coming out, No Time to Die, 007. It's very, very 007 title there. Um, have you seen any of the James Bonds with uh, Daniel Craig? Never been a James Bond person. I mean, yeah. this one here, the, the trailer looks intriguing. Uh, but yeah, I've never really sat down, never really got into them. I'm not really a special agent kind of action-adventure movie type setup. It's just really something I've never really gotten into. And even yeah. the other ones with uh, with Tom Cruise, the uh, Mission Impossibles, uh, I really never got into those either. And they're kind of down the same lines, even though the uh, James Bond has a lot more uh, lore behind it than the Mission Impossibles do. Uh, but, I mean, it's kind of been something that's just been out of you know my interest a little bit. Uh, but this one here kind of peaked it. I'm kind of watching the trailer... And it, it, it has a little bit of interest for me. So this may be something I'll catch, not in the theater so much, uh, but when I get an opportunity outside of the theater. Yeah, I actually think I've seen every Daniel Craig, James Bond, um, as they released in theaters, starting with Casino Royale back in uh, 2007. Um, so, oh no, it was actually 2006, so even longer ago. So they've been coming out, uh, Daniel Craig's been Bond for, what, 13 years now, and out of those 13 years there have been uh, five total films, this film being the fifth one. Yeah, so this one, uh, the the Bond bad guy is going to be played by Rami Malek, who was uh, in Bohemian Rhapsody. He played Freddie Mercury, of course, uh, and he did a really great job. So uh, I think it's interesting. I think it looks as good as uh, the other Daniel Craig Bond films, um, and I'll definitely see this one as it comes out. N n you're right. It's not a series that I'm hugely excited for, but uh, I think they're good enough that I do check them out when they come out. So there's James Bond, and then there's another spy. You said you're not a huge fan of the spy genre, but we've got Black Widow coming out this year as well. Black Widow looked good. Now this, I got to give it to him because I was being becoming very tired of this like superhero movies, Marvel. I think we've been through this in the past. I was just getting wore out, and they had me. They knew I was coming back, even though I was kind of a little like weary of it. I just wanted to see how it ended, and how they ended it, I was like, okay, it basically rejuvenated, you know, what was going on in me. So when they came out, when I heard the Black Widow movie, I was like, okay, how are they going to do this? Well, as, as it, I hope it's not a way flashback. And the timeline, I think, works perfect for me. Because every, if, if, you don't, if you're not aware, it basically happens after Infinity War and before Endgame. Oh, okay. So it's that timeline in between where basically, you know, a lot of people disappeared. The snap happened and who was left. So they, when we see her, she's always just sitting in headquarters. Yeah. But there's a time where, where she goes back with her family to finish out, uh, I guess, some unfinished business. You know, And the, the feeling I got from it was a Jason Bourne kind of meets G.I. Joe kind of feel to it. Which, in, in, no, in no manner, is that, for me, a, a bad thing. I love the Jason Bourne movies. Yeah. And then G.I. Joe was just kind of goofy when they put it in the movies. But it kind of, there's a, there's a couple, couple clips in the movie where you kind of get that G.I. Joe feel. Right. Which, I mean, you mix them together. There's no, there's no way you're not going to get a great action movie out of it. Well, I hope you're right. I, I'm actually kind of juries out as far as my opinion of it. I, I don't know. I think, you know, we could have used this movie about 10 years ago. But now, considering we know Black Widow's ultimate fate, 
I'm just curious how this thing fits in. This is like the first Marvel movie where we're going back in time and filling in some sort of time gap in between movies with a character. And um, I don't know. It, it could be great. Look, it's a Marvel movie, so it's probably going to be good, right? Uh, David Harbour is in it from Stranger Things. It looks like it's got a good cast. Um, so I'm sure it'll be good. I just don't know how necessary it is. Oh, necessary is not. I don't think it's necessary at all, but I, I think they, they put themselves between a rock and a hard place. Because people have been wanting this movie for so long, and they've been so tied up with the actual storyline of the you know, Infinity Wars. Right. So they really didn't have that, that time to go ahead and shoot this movie. Now that we know, you know she dies, and you know, spoiler alert, at the end of Endgame... They hey they they're basically this is this is fanfare that's what this is this is appeasing a group of people right in my opinion and a lot of people are saying they, they missed their mark they missed it because they, uh, Captain Marvel already came out so she should have been the first you know female led you know superhero that's actually on the big screen it shouldn't have been Captain Marvel but and that's that's basically the biggest you know gripe about what a lot of people have right now which I mean quite frankly get over it. She got her movie. You got what you were asking for. And uh, let's just kind of move on with it. Hopefully it's good. Look, like I said, it's a Marvel movie, so it probably will be good. Um, do you think it's actually going to have any kind of uh, forward momentum as far as plot goes? Are we going to see anything in this movie that is going to give us any sort of clues about what's to come up in Marvel Phase 4? I don't think they can. I don't think there's anywhere that they can actually you know, put anything. Because really, like you were saying, it's, it's, it's a filler movie. Right. It's a uh, flashback. Everything that has happened prior is already there. Then we know the ending of Infinity War. So there's really nothing there unless... No, I mean, there's really, really not. So we don't really get any feeling that any of the actual, like, Avengers are going to show up in the movie in any manner. Right. Unless they do some type of cut scene at the end and they have some no interaction or, or some sort at that point there. But uh, I don't think it moves the story along at all. It just kind of gives her her own... Uh, her own real ending, I should say. Yeah, it, it would be just like Marvel to have some sort of post credit scene that really blows everybody's minds, though. So, I don't know. I wouldn't expect it, but uh, they've done stuff like that before. I mean, if they're, they're, they're talking about the internals a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, the only thing I can think of is it can tie something into that, because uh, I read something somewhere that said the, uh, the Avengers don't know of the Eternals. But the Eternals know of the Avengers. Ah, okay. So, I mean, it kind of give that that could be their kind of a lead-in to the Marvel universe. That we kind of get their our first real glimpse of them, maybe at the end of you know the credits, kind of like how they were you know leading into you know, you know other movies, kind of how we like how they basically set that up as their thing. You're right. not leaving because you know there's going to be something here. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for good things. Um, the same with this uh, next film. We go from one awesome female martial artist to another, I guess. We're uh, talking about Disney's Mulan. Yeah, this one a lot of people were uh, up in arms about at first. I mean, we were talking about getting getting rid of the dragon, getting uh, making it more of a... just more of a movie rather than getting rid of the cartoon features from it. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I didn't have an opinion on it at first because, I, I mean... I've seen Mulan, but it's been so long ago. So when I actually sat down and watched the trailer, I was I was encouraged more so than I was encouraged when I seen, you know, the other live action movies. Aladdin, the uh, <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, kind of did its own thing. It's, it, it was the originator of of this here, and it, 
And I think that actually did all right, honestly. Uh, Dumbo crashed and burned. He forgot his you know, his feather in his uh, his trunk. <laughs> uh, what other one? Lion King. Lion King was a Lion King. I mean, I think almost if they were going to do things, they had to play with the Lion King. But uh, I think Mulan's actually going to take it. I mean, going forward, unless they do. The only other one I can think of that would kind of hold up against Mulan is one that really didn't do great in uh, in Pocahontas. Yeah. I think they can actually pull off a real good live action Pocahontas if they really wanted to. Yeah, I'm I'm with you as far as these Disney rape remakes. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of cold on them, honestly. I mean, infamously, episode one of Dad and Rock is your feelings towards the Lion King remake. And <laughs> yeah, if you uh, want to hear what I think about the Lion King, go ahead and listen to episode one. You'll get a good feeling. Yeah, um, you weren't a huge fan. I feel the same way. I haven't even watched the new uh, Lion King. I'm waiting until it appears on Disney Plus, then I'll check it out. Um, but uh, do you have uh, Aladdin? I thought it was just okay. Uh, I thought Beauty and the Beast, while fun, was once again kind of just okay. If I ever watch Beauty and the Beast again, it's going to be the animated version. Um, but this trailer kind of really, like you said, it piqued my interest because it just uh, it looks like it's taking itself seriously as sort of a period piece action film about this character who you know there's there her family is called to war her father who is you know aging and and not the warrior that he once was kind of dramatically shows how she wants to keep him from having to go out to the battlefield and uh, so it's the it's the recognizable story of mulan without all the uh, the silliness of an Eddie Murphy voiced dragon and uh, you know some of the more disneyfied things in the in the animated film but uh, yeah this trailer was enough for me to to get me interested I'll definitely check it out when it comes out well I think this one here actually shows like the growing up of Disney yeah I mean that's that's probably the best way I can put it now Disney's still gonna have their you know their, their things and their their goofiness and their goofies and their goof troops and you know all that but this one <laughs> all the goofy stuff <laughs> yeah, all the goofy yeah i just never start rambling off goofy stuff <laughs> but uh this one here actually shows more of an adult version of a movie that maybe should have even been the first direction they went with rather than the animated but this was you know pre them doing any of this here so it's kind of almost like they were looking forward to maybe redoing this one here yeah, I think you're right. I think it would have been a different um, different feeling overall from audiences if maybe they did start with some of the post Disney Renaissance movies. Don't don't kind of dig up your biggest blockbusters. Go for those uh, ones like Pocahontas, like Mulan, like Tarzan, the ones that came out in the late '90s that uh, weren't quite as classic. Maybe uh, you would have got more bang for your buck. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think they should stay you know, as far away as Tarzan as they can possibly stay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's that's one property that there've been just too many versions like sherlock holmes it's kind of one of those characters where everybody's got a bite of that apple yeah and definitely in today's time frame you got you got to you got to know the waters you're in and that one is one you should probably stay away from for a while (laughs) to uh complete our um badass women trifecta here we've got uh the latest release as well we've got a sequel to wonder woman titled wonder woman 1984 yeah now the time frame is awesome watching that trailer uh, I am so lukewarm the cold on DC. Yeah, I mean it. It sounds like I'm I'm a you know a, a Marvel head, Marvel fanboy. But uh, I used to be a big Batman fan, and I think just DC has gone such the wrong direction on a lot of the stuff. So I mean, I, I there's a part of me that really wants to like Wonder Woman. Yeah, uh, the storylines look good. I mean, the the trailer looks great. 
I just I just don't know, honestly. I mean, I like the time frame of it and everything. Uh, watching the actual trailer and the soundtrack that they're playing along with it, I mean, it had me you know had me hooked watching it. So if I mean that's that's got to be a good thing. That, that has me peaked enough to where I may want to have to go ahead and check it out and see what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned to me earlier that you'd never seen the first Wonder Woman, right? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I've never seen the first Wonder Woman. Uh, the only Wonder Woman experience I have is Batman vs Superman when you see her at the end. Yeah. Which I mean, that was awesome. So right. I don't know why I didn't ble- it didn't bleed into the first Wonder Woman movie. It just I mean I'm I'm to the point where we've talked about this plenty of times. We got to you know pick and choose what movies we actually see when we see them. Yeah. And yeah. now with all the Disney Plus and you know we have shows we have out there now all the shows that we want to watch that are like just nostalgic and you know the apple tv plus which has kind of been pushed into to me in the back burner a little bit so there's i mean there's a lot a lot of content out there anymore so picking and choosing what you really want to watch is uh is more paramount than ever yeah i hear you on that for sure um just i mean in regards to the first one i actually enjoyed the first wonder woman movie quite a bit it takes that character that you kind of barely get to see in batman v superman really expands on her um i thought the period that it was uh, that it took place in kind of the world war one era uh was great her relationship with chris pine character steve trevor uh was is uh, fleshed out and really good there is a scene um that's directed wonderfully by patty jenkins who uh, did a really great job in the first one she's back for the second one uh but there is a sequence in the first one where you know chris pine and kind of the ragtag group of soldiers that she's with uh, are kind of behind enemy lines um and they're being fired upon there's kind of women and children that are um, kind of in the line of fire um chris pine and his guys you know they kind of want to they kind of want to hightail it out of there to continue a mission while wonder woman just can't let that happen as far as leaving these you know innocent civilians in in harm's way so she finally kind of uh you know takes off the the robes that she had been wearing to kind of hide herself um and she just went out full armor full wonder woman using her bracelets to deflect bullets and and kind of deflecting stuff with her shield and just goes out there and it it was shot wonderfully and at that point of the movie like it really kind of gets you dramatically too like you were into it you were like oh hell yeah that is wonder woman (laughs) um so i you know i'm hoping for good things in this one um judging by the trailer itself i'm a little scared because it looks like they are introducing two bad guys in this one kind of the formula that the old tim burton batman movies used to have um because this one is gonna have yeah exactly uh this one's gonna have uh maxwell lord uh, played by Pedro Pascal, who's having a ton of success as the Mandalorian currently. Um, but it also is going to have Kristen Wiig playing Cheetah, who's kind of Wonder Woman's uh, most popular bad guy, I, I feel like. Um, so I think they have an uphill climb in this one, honestly. I think the 80s setting is kind of cool, but I feel like maybe potentially a lot of folks are kind of 80s out. I say the 80s setting <laughs> is getting kind of trendy to the point where it's... Uh, it's getting a little stale, I think. The, yeah, they're, they're kind of playing it out a little bit. Um, so jury's out. Look, I'm hoping for good things. I, I always hope for good things with these properties. Uh, you know, w- when people care about the characters, Gal Gadot does a real great job. Patty Jenkins does a real great job. They care about the character. Um, so I think, it, I, you know, I have high hopes for it. Uh, I just hope it doesn't fall to the typical, you know, sequelitis. Yeah, so we have that one there, then. The big one. 
uh, the one that they've been teasing for a while, the one that you know piqued your interest the most. Yeah. Uh, the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie. Uh, I know if I was excited about watching the trailer, I can only imagine sitting next to you watching the trailer. Dude, I... Yeah, I was pretty excited for it to, to come out. Um, I, I got kind of a day warning. The day before they released the trailer, they released some still shots of like Paul Rudd's character and, and some of the kids. And... Um, I don't know. The, the trailer, well, to give a little backstory, I mean, Ghostbusters as a franchise, look, this is like one of my franchises, man. I have early, early memories of watching this movie. Back when I was like three years old, sitting on the couch, watching this thing come on HBO, sitting next to my mom. Um, I think it's maybe the first VHS that I ever owned. Uh, so I go way back when it comes to Ghostbusters. Had the Ghostbusters 2 proudly displayed on my wall when I was, you know, about nine years old. Um... So the Ghostbusters franchise is hugely, hugely important to me. It's one of my favorites. Um, I can't tell you how many countless adventures I went on with Ray, Peter, Egon, and Winston on the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters. Like, I was a huge fan. Um, so when they did the 2016 version with the uh, the female cast, look, I, I held my judgment um, as far as being new Ghostbusters, I thought the, the women that they cast, like Kristen Wiig, we just talked about her, I thought, I, I'm a huge fan of her. I thought Kate McKinnon, Melissa McCarthy, Leslie Jones, I think they're all incredible comedic actresses, and they, I think they did a good job for what they were given, but that script was just really bad. Like, it's not a good movie. <laughs> I well, shouldn't have put it in an alternate universe. They've I think what they missed... Yeah is they should have built on the current universe and just had them be the current Ghostbusters rather than trying to nix everything that happened in the first two movies. That's exactly what I thought, what I was most disappointed with in that movie is that they just completely did a full reboot. Like, to me, the characters of the Ghostbusters have always been Ray, Peter, Winston, and Egon. Like, I've been through countless adventures with those guys. I don't care bringing in new characters to be the new Ghostbusters, but don't completely just wipe out that entire history. Uh, I thought it was a bad move, but I guess they're trying to remedy that with this new movie. Yeah, because I think this new movie here basically discounts that movie completely. Yeah. So this is a sequel to 2, and they're kind of, okay, that happened, but let's forget about it. Let's move on with this here. So the trailer, it it kind of gives a different feel than what you might expect. I mean, there's, there's some visual effects shots, but... Um, the trailer kind of starts out as almost like a teen drama where this family, uh, this kid, this character played by Finn Wolfhard, once again, kids coming from Stranger Things to the It movies, and finally here to feast on more I nostalgia. Think you hit it pretty big, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny. The kid dressed up like the Ghostbusters in season two of Stranger Things, and, and here he is in an actual Ghostbusters movie. Uh, but yeah, it, it's him and his family. Um, his mother is played by Carrie Coon, who's actually in a show that I enjoyed quite a bit, HBO's The Leftovers. Uh, she's a really great actress. Um, but they pay, play a family that's kind of um, on the ropes financially. Uh, they head to the last property that they own, some farmhouse in, out in the middle of nowhere, uh, apparently Oklahoma somewhere. And uh, later in the trailer, you, you it seems as though they may be related to one of the Ghostbusters, and I'm thinking maybe Egon. Well, what, what do you what'd you think about the trailer? Oh, I love the trailer. I mean, I've watched it now two or three times. Yeah. Uh, just seeing Echo 1, seeing uh, seeing Paul Rudd's re uh, response to the actual, what he thought was a replica of a ghost, ghost catcher, and then seeing it actually light up, and then him dropping it and the look on his face. Yeah. Uh, that That's all fun. Is there something in that container? 
that's been contained and has never been put into the vault. So yeah. That, is that something that escapes? What are these earthquakes being caused by? Right. So there's a, there's a lot of, they're giving you a lot of like, uh, a lot of questions. So you can kind of, uh, amongst us fans, kind of try to answer them and, you know, feed into the lore before you actually see the movie. Yeah, it's a mystery, definitely. I, I kind of like that. I like the approach. Um, the uh, director is Ivan Reitman's son, Jason Reitman. Um, Ivan Reitman was the director of the original two. Um, so it's, you know, it's a family affair. Um, Jason Reitman was actually in Ghostbusters 2. He played a small part at the birthday party they opened up with. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you couldn't tell, I'm a huge fan of this franchise. I like the approach so far. I like what I'm seeing so far. Uh, my only wish for this film is that we see a decent amount of the original OG characters. I know we can't see Egon because, unfortunately, Harold Ramis uh, did pass away a few years ago. Uh, but we've still got, you know, we've still got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson. I'd love to see them on screen together once again, even if it's, even if they're not busting ghosts, if, even if they're just busting each other's chops. Uh, that's all I want to see, man. Yeah, they got to be them. They gotta, yeah. If they're going to be on the screen, they've got to be those characters. No way around it. Right. And if they're like going, there, if they're, if they're, you know, this this family is related to them, and you know, in any manner, there should be some type of backstory on, you know, what happened, why was everything put away up here. Why did they go from being superstars to, you know, being nobodies again, I guess? Yeah, barely um, known, apparently. Yeah. These they, kids have it, to it, learn was, about them on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it was faded away. It was one of those, like, uh, history lessons that was kind of whitewashed out, you know, out of the history books. Yeah. Why did that happen? You know, what, is there, are we going to get anything behind that? Why Why have we forgotten about this history in New York and, you know, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man? Yeah, you'd think something that big uh, happened in New York. It would be uh, all it would be in the uh, history books. <laughs> well, I'm excited about this new cast. Uh, you know, I like uh, Carrie Coon. I like Finn Wolfhard. I like Paul Rudd. I like all those characters. Um, and I don't mind having new characters to carry on the Ghostbusters franchise. In fact, that's what we need. I don't. W I don't want to see a 70 year old Dan Aykroyd <laughs> trying to bust ghosts with a big old proton pack on his back and a big um, old beer belly. <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, I would love to see new characters take on the mantle of this thing. But I just want the reverence paid to the original characters. I want the story to make sense to where they officially pass the torch to new folks. So um, I, I'm if I'm definitely going to be uh, excited more of this film as. Uh, we get closer to the summer 2020 release. How much uh, do you think Paul Rudd is actually going to play a, play a part in this outside of the goofy, like, I don't know, science teacher or seismologist or whatever he's actually doing? Uh, do you think he will actually, he knows them. He knows of them. Right. Uh, he, he, if he sees them, he's in a fanboy, I think. He's going he's gonna to go all crazy, you know, seeing it's the Ghostbusters. He, he knows of the trap. They show the proton pack. Yeah. So we know we're going to see the proton. We see them sitting in a sidecar in Echo One, one of the firing one of the proton packs. So I mean, we they've got to be firing at something. They're just not goofing off. And if uh, they're just goofing yeah. off, I think the cops will be on to them. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, I am. I'm. You, if you can tell, I, I know you're excited. Uh, I, I'm kind of pumped for this myself. Yeah, so as far as uh, new movies coming out, there's a lot to look forward to. I know we're kind of blinded by Star Wars as we kind of uh, head towards the end of 2019, but it looks like 2020 has a lot of good stuff on the way. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see, you know, when they come out, when they start rolling them out. Like, what's going to be, you know, January's titles? Right. Uh, the summer, I mean, I think we've talked about this in the past, the summer isn't as big as a release time as it used to be. Everyone's like, oh, summer's coming. What's going to be released? They, they kind of, it's almost like a slow burn now. 
they yeah. put them out big movies and they, it's almost like the studios like if if Disney's putting out a Star Wars no one wants anything to do with that month and they'll, they'll release it a month before or a month after to go ahead and say so we can make some money off this because Star Wars is going to kill us yeah yeah, you're right. It's a totally different uh, calendar um, with with years now. It's like January is still kind of a dumping ground for bad movies, but good movies start coming out in February. I mean, Deadpool changed that. Deadpool was a Valentine's Day release, and now they tend to release these uh, superhero movies or a, or a bigger movie, a tentpole movie in February to kind of have its own month. And then the, the big stuff starts rolling out in March. <laughs> um, and then it lasts all the way into the, you know, the dog days of summer. So uh, we'll, we'll see what 2020 shapes out to be. Yeah, so what do you guys think of all these trailers that came out this week? Uh, what's your opinion? Any, and what's, uh, what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, are there any uh, movies coming out in 2020 that you're even more interested in and kind of looking forward to? Uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, no, like, I mean... We've gone over a bunch of things here, and you know where to let us know. I mean, we have our emails, both at, uh, at Sean at dadnorock.com and Chris at dadnorock.com. Uh, but easier than that, just go on our Facebook page. Go ahead and leave us a message. Uh, reach out to us that way. That's the easiest and quickest way. I mean, we haven't received any emails yet, so come on, shoot us something. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that, that's pretty much where to find us. And, and when it comes to listening to us, I mean, you guys know because if you're already listening, but we're out there on pretty much all the platforms now. Uh, let your friends know. You know, let coworkers know. I mean, I mean, we can only ruin 30 minutes of their life once, and if they decide <laughs> not to just come back, I mean, that's, that's that's up to them. Yeah, check us out. Have them vote on our Christmas movie throwdown round two coming out this week. You should see those uh, matchups uh, posted on our Facebook page soon. Once again, be sure to vote. Let us know what your favorites are so we can kind of keep this thing going. But that's pretty much a good one right there. I mean, another reminder real fast, uh, our MandoCast, uh, bi-weekly, every other week. So uh, keep an eye open for that too. But uh, outside of that, I think that's a good point for us to go ahead and say this in the uh, Dad Rock podcast signing off for the evening. See ya. Hey, good night, everybody.